Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF, my podcast. I'm sitting out of my garage. It's evening time. This is a couple of days before when you're hearing this. So today, theoretically, I should have tales from the road. I should have uh, a full report on how everything went in Iowa City and Nebraska and Kansas City, Missouri, but I don't because I I got this in the can before I left because I thought it would be smart, but that's okay because um, what's pretty exciting is what's, I'm going to see if I can speculate how everything went. I'm just going to see, and then on on Thursday, I'll, I'll confirm it or I won't. I'm going to say that uh, that Iowa City went, uh, went pretty good. Uh, I went long because I was overcompensating because I hadn't done a, a long set in a while. Uh, but uh, but I thought everything worked pretty well, and I got a few, uh, uh, quite a few new things in. I'm going to say that Lincoln uh, went really good because uh, I was excited uh, about uh, you know being in Lincoln. I've never been to Lincoln. I've never been to Iowa City either. Uh, I was a little nervous about uh, you know uh, running into some people I know there, but uh, yeah, they showed up and they uh, they made a scene a little bit and disrupted the show. <laughs> I'm really, really going to town on these speculations, but the show was good. Uh, the show in uh, Kansas City, I'm going to say, was um, not as uh, uh, light as I thought it would be, and people were excited to be there. And you know, after the other two shows, I was tight, and my new material was working great, and uh, everyone had a really good time, and the drives were spectacular. So let's see if that turns out to be true on Thursday. Those are all speculations, not unlike people speculating who's going to win a primary. I'm speculating how my short Midwestern comedy tour went, and I will either deny or confirm those reports and give you the real reports on Thursday. Did I mention Nikki Glaser as my guest today? Nikki Glaser, who I love, and we, are, we have something deep in common. And I'll talk about that before I bring her on. I know some of you would like a cat update. I can do that today. Again, if something happens over the weekend, uh, which uh, I won't be able to report to you till Thursday, God forbid, maybe one of my cats will learn how to fly in the house or shit on something. So all I can do is tell you what's happening in the immediate uh, 
situation as it stands now. Monkey's face is getting better. Thank you for asking. Turns out, not cancer. His whiskeys are growing back, and he's starting to look like a happy cat again with a balanced face full of whiskers. Fonda is fine, very verbal, uh, very dainty, but dangerous. Got her a new scratching post because the other one was over a decade old, and that one had to go out with the ongoing purge because that one was at least 12 years old. That one was here when my uh, ex-wife was here. It's been through a lot, but it was all shredding and making a mess, so I got her a big new one. And as you cat owners know, that's a bit of roll of the dice, isn't it? Buying the new big cat thing for the cat because you don't know if they're going to fucking use it. And you can just sit there and look at it until you just have to move it outside because they didn't use it to give it to another cat owner. But I'm happy to say I sprayed some catnip uh, spray on that thing and uh, she's crazy for it. Big news here at the cat ranch. Underneath the house, deaf black cat rules and lives. He's so comfortable under there that he's getting fat. So now I got a fat deaf black cat living under my house that still freaks out Every time he sees me, even though I fucking feed him. Not resentful. I'm happy I know where he is. Out front, scaredy cat, the Joker cat. The Joker cat, I call him that because his mouth's all fucked up and it looks like he's grinning. He's showing up. He's eating. He's fat as fuck. There's at least a 10 to 12-year-old feral cat fat. See how I'm saying fat? I think that's going to lead to something in a moment. Big head doesn't come around much. Big head is this cat with this full-on big old set of balls and a big old fucking fat head to match it who comes over here and occasionally, if I leave my garage open, will come in here and piss on something. Haven't seen him around here. Did see him down the street. And that's the cat update from the Cat Ranch. Thank you for asking. I had Jose, my guy that takes care of my, uh, of my, um, what do I want to call it? <laughs> of my, my small plot of grass out front. Comes by a couple times a month and chops things and mows things but uh i need a tree problem man my neighbor adam he's got this huge pine tree that was basically engulfing my house and there are other trees that were engulfing my house and it's weird as a homeowner for me anyways that it takes me a long time to realize that you know i'm gonna have to do something about that that nothing there's no natural event that's gonna happen where you know a fire hazard and uh needle factory a pine needle factory that just covers my roof is just going to go away so i finally asked my dude jose who's a nice guy speaks no english uh but does a great job about the tree i pointed up at the trees like a moron and i said uh uh you do uh do you know uh guy trees like a fucking idiot and he looked at me and like i trust this guy and he came and he got, you know, he brought three guys with him. He climbed up into the tree with a little harness and just trimmed this giant fucking, you know, must be a hundred foot pine tree all the way up. Gave it a little like poodle job. So now it's just got pines at the top, cleared everything away from my house, cut a dead tree down, trimmed back everything. Did a great job. But now like somehow or another, and this happens a lot, I, I look up at the trees and I feel like I've accomplished something. This happens even when I put garbage cans out. Once you know the garbage guy comes and they're empty, I'm like, look, look what I did. I did this amazing thing by taking my garbage out. This is the life I live when I'm not engulfed in shooting television. I'm cleaning. I'm putting things away. I'm throwing things away. It's my life. I'm cooking again like I run a restaurant. This has happened before. These are cycles, people. I'm feeding fat cats. Nikki Glazer, I'm very excited to have on because we have a deep bond. 
We have a we have something deeper than that might even be deeper than love. Even we share uh, an eating disorder, a lifetime struggle with an eating disorder, and we talk about how we met. We met around an eating disorder, and I'm a man. And uh, as many of you know, if you listen to this show, I am functional, but uh, I have a horrendous eating disorder. I mean, I don't vomit. You know, I don't starve myself, though I'd like to. Oh, God, would I like to. But I don't. I have body dysmorphia. Uh, I have, um, if I, if I, it, 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 is, it is penetrating to my core. I was brought up in a house by a mother who has an eating disorder, and uh, I've never been comfortable with my body in my entire life. And uh, some days are better than others. As I get older, it, it, it gets better. I have some self-acceptance. But uh, the shame available with a three-pound difference is, uh, is self-annihilating. I'd rather disappear than feel my pants be tight. It's a sad state of affairs. I try to be funny about it. And I think that... Uh, I don't know that men talk about it enough. I know I'm not alone in uh, in having uh, body issues and an eating disorder. And uh, so I just want to put that out there. It sucks, but I made room today to eat a bunch of almond butter compulsively. Yeah, I'll just sugar out for about a week until I feel doughy. And then I'll just, uh, I'll just you know, just, just short of, you know, hitting myself, I will, uh, which would be my exercise. The compulsion to exercise is basically punishment for those with eating disorders. But uh, Nikki is uh, amazing. She's had some progress with hers. I've had a bit with mine, and, and it, uh, it, it's a big part of this conversation, really. So I hope you enjoy that. Nikki's also uh, heading into the season finale of her Comedy Central show, Not Safe with Nikki Glazer. It airs tomorrow, Tuesday. And uh, I believe she's got a special out there as well. And I loved seeing her. And this is me and Nikki. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Blazer. What's going on? Where'd you, why, where do you drive in from? Where do I you... drove in from um, work. Yeah, uh, but I live here now. Yeah, uh, I actually drove in from a massage, and then I talked to my therapist. You talked to your. Here, th- I really had. I just really wanted to get in the right headspace. You talked to your therapist on the way over. On the way here, emergency Did you do, call. Get the fuck out of well, here. She's in New York, and I moved here in August, so I haven't been able to see her. So we just do like 
10 minute calls whenever I want. I just call her like, hey, can we talk whenever? And we just set up a time, 15, when does, 10 minute calls. When does that just become a friend you pay? <sighs> exactly. It seriously <laughs> has become that. <laughs> Good old Donna. 10 minute calls with yeah. a therapist that she charges you for? Yeah, we just have, yeah, she charges me for, and it's kind of just like, she'll just remind me, hey, can you send a check sometime? Like, it'll just go a really long time without is me this, sending a check. Is this a licensed person or is this just a... I think so. Someone I you th- met at a comedy club? You know, like, she, I could really help you. She is someone I was recommended after I did a podcast. Someone wrote me and was like, girl, you got issues. I once saw a therapist to break up with the current therapist I'm seeing. Because mm. I've been told so many times that she's terrible for me. But now so, we're good, I think. Th- did you guys go to <laughs> couples counseling? <laughs> I'm serious. I went to go see another therapist and he was like, I can't take you on, but I'll I'll tell you what to say to her to get to uh-huh. break up with her. And then I, I went back to her and it just didn't work. Oh, so you tried to break up with your current therapist, yep. but it didn't happen. Yep. But were you still calling the, the, the other guy? Like saying like, I don't know if it's, I'm going to be able to do this. Because he wouldn't take me on. He was like, I can't take anyone else on, but I'll just give you the tools right now. We had one session that I paid him for. He he dealt more in like pharmaceutical, dr- like dr- Drug? prescribing drug oh, right. stuff. So, and he wasn't right. more like talk therapy he stuff. He was a pill pusher. He was like, yes. uh, okay, fill out this evaluation. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Why don't you try these? Yes. And, uh, Which I kind of need that person right now. Psychopharmacologist. Yeah. Like a shrink that uh, just does an assessment and then just, you know, experiments with you. Yeah. Really? I, you need that now? I mean, I have that in LA, but I don't think she really knows what she's doing because I literally suggested a migraine medication to her. Uh-huh. I saw, I'm seeing her right now because I needed someone to give me medication in LA. For migraines? Just for my my meds that I'm oh. on. I had a doctor in New York, moved here. He wouldn't. He, he couldn't prescribe me stuff in California, so I had to find a right. psychopharmacologist, went to go see this lady. Yeah. She gave me my stuff, but then I was like, I'm having migraines. Yeah. I was like, I heard about this. Um, I had a makeup artist give yeah. me a, a migraine pill once. Right. It worked right away. Really? It like, stopped a migraine in its tracks. And was, I was it like, oxycodone? I don't remember. This is the thing. It probably was it? was. it honestly probably was. I didn't remember the name of it, so I just, I threw out a name that I just thought of. I was like, I think it's, um, I think it was like Topamax. And she goes, I think that is one. Okay. Yeah. I'll prescribe you that. She just wrote me a prescription for, for Topamax, Topamax, all right? Which you made up. Made it up. Pulled it out of thin air. It is a migraine medi- medicine, all right? It is? It is. But listen, it wasn't the right one that this girl gave me. I later wrote my makeup artist being like, what was the one you gave me? Totally different medicine she gave me. Yeah. But the Topamax is, I later heard a Radiolab episode about medicine they give to addicts yeah. to help them get off cocaine and like alcohol. Yeah. And it's like a mood stabilizer drug, and it's helped me with like my addictions. And really? so now it's like it's like the best thing I ever accidentally got on. It's it was like, like changed my life. Fluke that you pulled out of the air. Fluke, and it's completely changed my life because I have like food issues. Yeah, like crazy, yeah. which I know you do too. Where the fuck did we talk about that once? We were in. Um, we're, I, I, you were so funny. I, I picture this. we were like we were in Michigan in a hotel. Yeah. Oh, at the, um, at the Grand Rapids Comedy Festival. Yes, like Laugh Fest. At the Laugh Fest. That was the only one they ever invited me to. <laughs> Did you go back? No, no. What the fuck are they doing up there? <laughs> no re- repeat? Because I thought it was a pretty good time in my recollection. And we were all in a hotel room with Eugene, maybe? Ye- maybe it was Eugene. Because I couldn't remember where- It was um, Tommy John again. Yep. 
and maybe Bargazzi. Like there was a lot. Bargazzi, we were all, yeah, yeah, we were hanging out with some people, but we were at the that opening the- night and there was a buffet. And I was making a plate and you just walked up to me. I'll never forget it because it was maybe the first time I ever yeah, talked to you. Right. You go, what are you, eating disorder girl? You looked at my plate and you said that to me. And it was a normal looking plate. I'm aware when I'm looking like an eating disorder girl, but you you spotted it because you're an eating disorder girl. Yeah, I know. I know I am. Yeah, and you can you can, and I can stiff it out too when someone else is. But it was not an unusual oh. looking plate. I wasn't like just vegetables, but you could tell. I wonder what it was. I wonder what you were doing too much of that I was clearly something. an indicator. I did something. It, you were probably like there was a, a lot of something that mm-hmm. had no calories in it. There was probably one. <laughs> It's like a mound of jello. <laughs> there was probably <laughs> was really a lot of carrots and then like one. It's just a lot of one right, thing. Right, 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 right. And a half a piece of cheese. Yes, yes. Oh my God, busted. Because I couldn't remember like, you know, it was one of these things where I'm like, I know we hung out because I know I feel close to her somehow. Or we had a conversation that was that was long. Cause yes. Then, well, then we went to the, that was the first time I saw Nate and I was like, well, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was, that. And was I was like, all spun out by it i'm like i'm gonna watch him again yeah you were like you discovered nate yeah, that, yeah. that weekend I we know. were in a comedy competition and mm-hmm. it was a bunch of us and you um and yeah you were really nice i got knocked out of the competition i was like oh, way more upset about it than i thought i would be and you were very nice to me about that because i was like bummed out did i give you the like the fucking it doesn't matter yeah yeah you did <laughs> and you brought me like a gift bag that i left in the the place like oh you were, my like, god yeah, you you were like i have your gift bag and i went down to the lobby and you were like here it is you were like very nice you you weren't like trying anything sneaky you were just a nice guy yeah, and it wasn't gunning for you no no yeah. and then i ate whatever was in that gift bag like too much of it i went back lost and just binged on like yeah. some caramel popcorn but you deserved it because you you know you lost did i sure. no that's when you don't oh really i don't oh. know and then we I, we weren't at some hotel room party yeah, we did. I think another night we like stayed up late at some and hotel other people room were drinking, us. and me and you were talking because I don't drink and I don't either. Right, so we were just watching other people get fucked up and probably waiting till we could go get fucked up on food. Right, alone right. in our rooms. Right, we talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you finish your gift bag? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, like, I, my memory. I don't know if it's age or what, or I do too much. Like, things just fade away, man. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, like. Because all those festivals are kind of the same, right? Like, where do I? Where did we talk? You know who? You know what? Where, what part of my life do I know you from? And probably every new batch of comics all seems kind of the same. Like, there's probably a lot of me's that mm-hmm. kind of gel together. Well, I always knew you. I don't think there's a lot of yous, but like, okay. you, you know, because you're unique and and you're funny and you've been working hard for a long time. Because you went through all of it, right? Open, yeah. middle headlining yeah. and then you, you're a road comic yes. and you do the job of a comedian there's not a lot of people that do that in general no there's plenty of people out there who say they're comedians yes but how many are out there working you know it's weird you know i don't know yeah it's... but i was excited i was excited to see you because i don't think i'd seen you before that point and yeah. like and i was ex- like i literally had this weird fucking man crush on nate i'm Dude, like what the, what's going on with that guy everyone was so jealous what? because that you had that like <laughs> nate got discovered he was the american idol like by me standout star yeah by you me? were the simon cowell and he was <laughs> the reuben stuttered all i saw was this weird southern kid that like talks slow and so good it's weird how good he is it's 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 maddening well it's hard for those guys though like you know he went back to nashville right yes and because like you know todd berry suffers the same sort of um 
uh, uh, burden is that like, but Todd does fine, and so does Nate. But like, if they don't have energy, like club owners are like, "Ah, can't you pep it up?" Yes, it's such a fucking it is. It is an injustice that they have this idea of what entertainment is, and it needs to operate at a quicker pace. It drives me nuts. Anyways, topo topo call. Topamax. Topamax. It is. There's I'm going to write that down. I'm not, I'm not, on, I'm not on drugs, but sometimes I think there's I should be. a Radiolab episode. I was literally after I got prescribed this stuff. But, you, but you didn't make it up. You must have heard it somewhere. It, 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 it's a, it is a migraine medicine that I heard somewhere while I've been talking about migraines the past year of my life that I've been getting them. It's somewhere mm-hmm. in the ether. But, mm-hmm. then, but then I'm listening to this podcast on Radiolab about medicine that is prescribed for people with addictions. Because there's medicine... They're saying it's going to be the new wave. Like, na- how long have you been on it? I've been on it now for four or five months, and it's just changed everything. Like, you like can't- I what- used to have, I, like, I have food addictions where, like, I think about food all the time. Okay, I think, let's like, go. Most let's walk through it. Let's walk through it. Let's go. Let's, let's start this. there. Because <laughs> my my food issues, um, like, where did you grow up? St. Louis. And you're like, how many how many people in your family? Four. Two parents and four and two kids. Two kids. Yeah. You have older sister, younger sister. Younger. Younger sister. Yeah. And what? Uh, what's your mom do? Uh, homemaker. And your father? Uh, worked in the cable industry. Cable. Yeah. Like uh, cable sales television? marketing. Yeah. In sales. Yeah. In St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So he's the guy out there drumming up local advertising. Yep. Or what? Really? Yeah, advertising, yeah. Cold calling. Hey, how you doing, Joe? You still got the three burger Started places? Started in that. Started in that. No but shit. Like, yeah, yeah. So you kind of from a show business family. <laughs> yeah, and he plays uh, music professionally. He does? Yes. What does he play? He plays guitar and uh, yeah. he's. A, uh, what he, is he, like my age? Uh, <laughs> kind of, maybe. No, he's older. He's he's older. He's uh, he's uh, He just wrote his first song. He um, Yeah, he plays professionally around town and, and does In gigs. a cover band or? Uh, cover band, but he's just starting to write his own songs. He's been inspired by me to now do like his own music and um, in a nice way or I'll show her way kind of an I'll show her because oh, I've boy. been I've been like come on like you because uh-huh. he's always been like I think I could do comedy and now I'm like Ugh, it's the worst <laughs> yeah it's it kind fucking, of is so I can't you just let me have my thing and you know it's not my fault you're not happy with your choices yeah He's doing it now, though. He wrote a pretty great song, but he's in a band called Glaze and the Moon Kings, and he he's performs Glaze. A, I'm assuming he's Glaze, yeah. and he just wrote a song about uh, climate change. It's one of his big missions. He oh. cares a lot about it. So he's he's becoming a, a radical. Yes. He's a, he's a, a revolutionary songwriter. Yes, a folk singer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a message. He does. Nice. He does. Is he an old hippie or uh, n- or is he just freaked out about climate change? He's really freaked out about climate change. Not an old hippie, but um. Kind of yes, but like not. He didn't smoke a lot of pot or anything like that. St. Louis yes. is is one of those cities that you know I I have spent almost no time in. It's like it was a industrial place, isn't it? On the river a bit. It is, but that's you know we didn't grow up going to the city much. Like right. we grew up in the suburbs. Right. That's it's very segregated. It's, and they have a lot of racial tension. Some yeah, bad shit went it's down. All, it's, it's all it's all coming to a head now. Yeah. yeah. But you you were uh, you were in the idyllic suburbs, yeah. And that that whatever was going on in the city did not concern did you. Did not concern. We didn't go there much, you know. Like, so now yeah. this eating disorder business. Sure. Um, you talk <laughs> you talk about it openly. You're out. Yeah, I'm out about it. Because like what happened to me, if we can compare notes, is totally. that my um. My mother is, I think, and she'd be happy to hear it, a functioning anorexic. I know she is. <laughs> you have, you heard that from me. It makes me so sad. It does? That she's like, I mean, because I her? used to be in, 
I used to be in like groups when I was like sick. I I was sent to these groups with women who also had anorexia, which is the dumbest thing to send anorexics to groups together right. to compare each other. Right. How much do you and weigh? I would see what size are those pants? Yes. Mm-hmm. How much have you lost? Yeah. yeah. And we would I would see women who are older still struggling with it, and I was like. I would kill myself. I once said that my mother weighed 119 pounds publicly. Oh my god! And she freaked out. She's like 116. Oh my god! (laughs) My next question is, how tall is she? That's five seven. Oh dear God! But but the thing is, is like she's built a system. But it's really it's her whole life. It is, seems miserable. I mean, I know, I've heard a, her system. Yeah. It, it, oh yeah. Oh, you have you've listened to the, the yes. horrendous the the. But the thing was the the point being no without fun. The, I don't know. She thinks she looks great, you know. And if it makes her happy after a certain point, like how much are people going to change? I mean, she was a fat no, she'll kid. She'll never change. Yeah. So that's what it just cursed her. She was like a uh, you yeah. know a little obese when she was younger, and that was that. Right. And 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 she's been worse. But the thing was is that. I and I guess you know all this already. I might Kinda, have talked yeah. about it. Like, you know, I was brought up with that. Right. Like with this sort of like her fear of fat was dumped on me. So I was counting calories at like nine, age nine, and I was so proud, you know, when I when I would uh, you know, know how much calories were in something. That's how I learned how to read. <laughs> it's so <laughs> insane to me. How do you function now? Like I I'm be- I'm a little better, but like I yeah. do but I do get to a point like it was weird. I had a similar sort of experience, but I didn't fall through with it and I, I don't think I can handle it because I think my brother, who's a little worse than me with food issues, and it's it's weird to be a man. Yes. With food issues, because you know, not many dudes talk about that. Like I was fortunate yeah. on my show, Marin. I had a writer who also has it, and I could bully him, and you know, out of because I'm like, I'm not as bad as that guy sitting there, like you know, eating a, a big bowl of carrots and salad yes. at, at catering when there's I nice, see so many writers, fun meat, you know. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> that's it. But uh, so like. My my relationship with it, my brother's done. He went into some intensive shit, like an intensive therapy thing around the food issues. Because I think, outside of drugs or anything, I think it's the deepest one. And one time, I just went to a therapist out of my health plan yeah. down the street here, and she and I walk in. I I just like I needed to see somebody. I just picked her because she was close. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I I primarily work with food issues, and I'm like, what? Uh, uh yeah, I have those, and and I I chickened out. I didn't. I couldn't deal. Because you were like, I'm not ready to address this stuff. Well, I don't, don't want to get rid of it. Well, what have you done? I've done, I mean, I was hospitalized in high school, like right out of high school, in between college and high school, the summer. And then I was in like different, just saw different therapists. And then- Hospitalized for anorexia because you wouldn't eat and you got malnourished or you almost yeah, died or what? Well, I, it was weird because it was- um, uh, I should have been hospitalized way before then, but it was kind of like a lot of denial on my parents' part and definitely like me just lying because like obviously I just wanted to keep losing weight and stuff and I didn't really realize what I was doing to myself. But, but did you deny or did you puke? No, I was just starving myself. I didn't puke. Oh. That uh, kind of came later. But like th- this was just anorexia. Like You progressed to that? You, you Yeah, like eventually, but way, way changed later. It up. Oh, really? When you start... At first, I was just like not eating. Like yeah. I just, um, it, this was at the very end of high school. Like things were changing. I was about to go to college. I like got nervous because a boy liked me, and I just got nervous for the first time ever. Like a guy that I liked liked me, and I got nervous about it. And I was like excited, and I just didn't eat for like a day because I was nervous, just nerves. And then the next day, someone was like, "You look great," and I was like, "Like it must have shown like right away." Yeah. 
and I was like, wait, what did I just, I just didn't eat yesterday, like, as much. Wow. Like, I'll just keep doing that. And that's what just started it. And I lost so much weight in a month. And it just, from there, between March and July, it was, it was, it was nuts. Like, I just became. But let's, let's be honest for a minute. How great does it feel to be emaciated and starving? Um, I mean, mm. I do not want to to say that it it was at first it feels great like it is it's like a drug you're getting high the, off i it. only say that and i'm like i don't you know i don't want to be insensitive and i don't want people listening to freak out but like i there was a period there in new york where i just started like i started doing weight watchers you know i wasn't even that heavy but but it's a control thing you know it's like yes you know you can get involved with it there's math there's counting yeah you know and i just kept going and like right now i'm about 182 maybe and i like i'd really like to be 179 but whatever it's three. so it doesn't so matter stupid. i know but i can get up to 186 but if i'm at 187 then oh. like i i want to how often I, do you weigh I wanna, yourself I, not that often only when i feel it i feel i'm more a feel guy like yeah. if i feel good i feel good we all if know. i don't right yeah so but like like i got down to like 172 like and i was all weird looking like and all gaunt and shit like yeah. i looked like i was disappearing yes and uh and like i was like this is amazing and you're all loopy because you're not eating yeah. and, you, and you start to get like you get a buzz from like not eating yeah and then like and then people are like what's what's going on man and i'm like nothing i feel good and i'm twitching my muscles because i want i want to feel them like i was so like i had no like body fat but i wasn't working out or anything but i'm like i can feel my muscles right under my skin it's it so is, cool you feel yeah strung out and high you yeah. definitely it's fucked up you're tweaking it's fucked it's up true yeah I totally felt that way. And then you, I started like not being able to stand up and then I would have to like just stand for a couple seconds to catch myself so I wouldn't pass out. Like mm. it started getting really scary. And, and then, you don't look good. No, I didn't look. That was the thing is everyone's like, you don't look good. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not trying to look hot. That's yeah. not the thing. Like at first that was the thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, at first that was what I thought was the thing. And mm -hmm. then, and then you can't stop and you're like, well, this is not the thing because I do not look good. I'm not trying to get. But did a you guy. have did you have like the body dysmorphia though? Because like I would look at myself, and be like I'm I look great, and like I still have that. See, that's the the fucked up thing that I have to have cognitive therapy around myself because mm -hmm. like I eat and I eat well, mm -hmm. you know. But sometimes with sugar and with bread, like I'll I'll get strung out on it, and I'll just start like I literally. I'm not completely compulsive eater, but if I start eating sugar, like if I eat ice cream or cake or yeah. something today, I'm going to want it tomorrow. And then eventually I'll just be like, fuck it. Like a couple of weeks ago when I was shooting, I just like, I could not stop eating fucking nut butter, man. I was just like, like sunflower butter and almond butter. I'm like, this is healthy. And at yes. night before I go to bed, I'm fucking eating half the thing of fucking almond butter and shit. Yeah. And then like, you just, you're all bloated and gross. And I know why, but now I'm sort of like, well, I did that. And I'm, you know, I know what I did. And I don't have to freak out, but like, let's not do that. Yes, but you'll <laughs> and, go there again sometime. Probably. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm not like I'm not like, and I started doing Weight Watchers. Like, what I'll do usually yeah. is it, it. That's only because it, it, like, if I just get like three or four pounds overweight and I'm uncomfortable, then and you, I and you I know can, what to do. Yeah, I'll go running or I'll get on Weight Watchers for a couple of weeks and I'll and I'll feel better and that's that. And then yeah. I'll, but I don't make a life out of it. Though when I started, I think I'm gonna. Do you think, but do you see it? Do you think you look good when you don't? Like, 
Well, I think I look heavy when I'm I'm not really and like when I look at my peers and stuff and I look at dudes in general, I mean I'm fucking fifty two and I'm not working out. I'm not you know, I'm not Bill Burr. I'm not some like lanky dude who's, you know, doing sit ups and pushing myself that way. Uh, you know, I'll go running and stuff sometimes, but it's been a long time since I did exercise. So if I get a little doughy, I'm like, Ugh, it's fucking disgusting. You just go straight to that. Well, I just go sort of like, this is, you know, I feel uncomfortable and I don't look good. What about when you see yourself on TV? Like when you're, uh, for for me, when I'm shooting something and I feel gross, like it's just the worst day of my life. And then you look back on it and you go, well, it wasn't that bad. And you're the only one that notices it. Most people are like, you looks good. And then like when you, if you feel that way and you're on a set and the wardrobe gives you a shirt that's too tight or the pants that you wore. Oh, I had a fitting yesterday and I had to call it like all the pants were, or two days ago all the pants were too tight and I had to go home from work like because I was so sad I was so depressed I started crying because they were your size they, they weren't they were they they bought size smaller because that's all they had and they were like we'll just but go a size up when we just we need to see how they look and I'm like don't, oh, don't do, do that. that oh they don't do that I'm not trying to like yeah so it my was... first season the <laughs> the woman who was doing wardrobe the first day of wardrobe goes you want you want to wear Spanx and I'm like, what? No. What? Oh, oh, Mark, you're going to... Okay, so <laughs> I am on set. This is the best. Okay, I am on set. We're doing a test show. So we're doing a show for uh, my show, Not Safe. Before it aired, we... Uh, or before we shot the first show, we did a test show with, like, a real audience. All the executives are there. We're shooting it like it's a real show. Yeah. They're just doing it to make sure we can do a show. Yeah. Um, treating it like... A real show, doing commercial breaks, everything. Right. It's the first one. I'm on set and I'm holding up all the shirts. Before the show, before rehearsal, we're holding up all the shirts to make sure that they don't moray or whatever. Yeah. I'm holding up all the shirts. And I've already shot the pilot and we have all our crew there and stuff. And and the lighting director's in the audience and he's sitting there on the chairs, like kind of uh, looking at the audience. And I'm holding up shirts. The wardrobe girl is holding, uh, handing them to me. And I go, is this good? Is this good? And the guy goes, um... You sure like to wear a lot of sleeveless shirts, and I was like, "Yeah, I do." And uh, and he and I go, "Is that a problem?" You know, like kind of jokingly. Cause, Is there like, an audience? There? I go, "Are no, but okay. it's like all my staff, right, all my right, crew, right, right, right." And um, and I'm mic'd, so everyone in the booth's hearing this. Yeah. And I go, uh, or, or I go, "Is that a problem? Are, are my arms problematic, mm-hmm. Jerry, or whatever his name was?" And um, just joking, because clearly that's not why he would say that, right? And he, he was silent, and then I, he was like, that's good, that's fine. And then hung up all the shirts. I'm back over at the rack, just kind of looking off stage. And he comes up to me, and he goes, yeah, um, about that. Um, I just I noticed in the pilot that you wear a lot of sleeveless shirts, and I just noticed that when you move your arms, there's a lot of your arm, like, you know, flaps a lot, like your arm. No. That, and, um, you know, it's going to do that unless you're, like, super ripped. So it's like, I just want to make you aware I, are you aware of that? And I go, yeah, I yeah, sure. And he goes, do you mind? And he and I go, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. And he goes, well, it's just my job. And I go, is it? He's the lighting guy. I go, is it? And he was like, uh, they just wanted me to say that. And I go, did they? And he scampers off. And I, my boyfriend works on the show. And I was like on my mic. I go, Chris, I need to see you right now. And I like went in the back and I told him. And he was like, I am so furious. And he like ran off. And then the guy was told like, don't even look at her again. Don't talk to her. Your history or your future with the show is going to be determined later. And he was he was let go. Not by me, but like they were just determined like he can't be around. What like, the fuck was he what thinking? What a bad decision. to Like, and they had just talked to 
to the whole staff about like this is a environment to make everyone feel comfortable, making Nikki feel comfortable. Yeah. Like you mean flabby arm Nikki? Old flabby arm Nikki. And I was wearing, <laughs> I was about to do my test show, and I was wearing a short sleeve shirt when he told me that, and oh, I was just like shattered. Shattered. And I was wearing one last night, and I was just like kind of <sighs> looking. I'm like, yeah, he's right, but like, who gives a fuck? And I was just like, I the it wasn't about the. Like, I don't really care if he saw that because I, I honestly don't care. I'm secure enough with my body. Like, I don't care if it, my arm flaps, whatever. Yeah. It's just that he thought he had to point out something like, hey, I know you're a girl who might, like, I know you probably take stock in your body every single day and hate everything about yourself, but I noticed something that you may not have hated enough about yourself. Right. Like, he's the policeman of... Like, well, it was just, it was rude and undermining. I mean, just like, if he really said like, well, you know, if you're really ripped, like if he really framed it that way, it it, it served no purpose other than to fucking fuck you up. That's what he said. He said, unless you're really ripped, it's going to do that. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I'm not. So but it's like, <laughs> it was, and my wardrobe girl heard it and was just like. I can't believe he fucking said that. Oh my God. It was like the talk of the town. It was, it was a good moment for me because it was just, it, um, yeah. Cause it didn't make me mad. It didn't make me feel like I'm fat. It was just like, why does that guy think he needs to let me know? Like, I haven't known that about myself already. Yeah. I, I take that risk wearing a, well, there's there, there's so much like, like what when you have these sort of body issues, there's so much you know there's such a, a vigilance around self acceptance that yes that they're like when somebody just does that unsolicited, like you don't see it coming, you don't really expect no. you don't expect anyone to do that to you because you're was too so busy. Exciting. It was you're you're too busy doing it to yourself anyways. Yes. So when any of that shit gets validated, it's like what? That, it was insane. Oh, like only I can say that to me. Yes. That's what it was weird about it was like, I couldn't even believe it was happening. I was like almost excited that it was happening in front of me because I was like, oh my gosh, this happens? Yeah. Like someone would say this to you because it's never been, it's never been validated to me. No one's ever actually said it to me. Like, yes, I do deserve to like think I'm fat sometimes. Yeah. Other people see it. (laughs) Like, yes. It felt good. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Someone sees it. It's not just YouTube comments. Yeah, I'm going to go throw up now. Because I'm right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it uh, it's it's nice to have. Um, I thank God I'm like been through all that. Like it would be it would be hard to be anorexic now. Holy shit. Some you, days I wish I was, but you know. But you just have to frame it like you know. Am I eating well? You know, like what do you expect out of yourself? Like Ugh. for me, like that first season for me was like she kept giving me shirts that were like a little too small. Like yeah. I'm like sort of no. in between a medium and a large. She kept getting these mediums that were you know like I I I couldn't have movement in them, and it drove me fucking nuts because I felt like I was like I I'm gonna blame my mediocre acting first season on the fact that I had <laughs> these shirts. It's it's hard to think of anything else when you're in a tight. Outfits. Well, I wear like, you know, I wear five things, you know, that I've picked out. I don't have a big wardrobe. So when you do a show, you're like, oh, look at all these clothes that I would never buy in my life. And it's nice to have them. But but some of them were just not. And they just send you out. They're like, what's the problem? I'm like, what do you mean? What's the problem? Like, do I have four chins? Because this shirt (laughs) makes me feel like I have four chins. And it's not even near my chin. It's so fucked up. That's my problem with women's wear is that our jeans are all so tight. And men are now wearing tighter jeans. So you're getting a sense of it. I tried that once. But it. You when you are a little bit heavier than you usually are, you feel it everywhere, everywhere. and that's why it's so nice to when men like you have bag to wear boy jeans or like boyfriend jeans or mm-hmm. whatever it is. 
for a woman, it's so great because you can just you don't feel fat every fucking day. It's great. But you're a little bit bloated or whatever. Yeah, these are fat pants, and I'm afraid to put on the other pants. Uh, I just, I, I, yeah, it's. I'm such a woman. It's. I love that you are. It really makes us feel less alone. I I really relate to you on so many levels. But yeah, so um, the uh, the thing with the uh, well, my. Like when I get it, like one time the girl gene thing, one time I was working with Janine Garofalo and it must have, I can't remember when it was, but like around the time when I got, when my, when my wife left me, like, you know, I, I just sort of like got pretty, like all the stress burning off those calories and not eating right. But I remember I was touring with Janine, I think it was around that time and I was really thin. Yeah. And. And like she talked me into going to Levi's store with her. We I don't remember what city we were in. I feel like it was maybe Chicago. I think it was Chicago. And uh, she's like, it was before they really started making men skinny jeans, but they had those skinny jeans for women, like the stretchier kind. Mm-hmm. And she goes, all the little rock guys wear these. You should get a pair. And she bought me a pair of those jeans. And I wore them that night. And I was like, this is amazing. Look at me. Oh my and then God. I looked at a picture of myself. Here's why. This is the one thing that stops me from from like really focusing on getting like anorexic again is that I have a big head. And, and, and if... <laughs> If I if I get down to like 175, it's just like I look like a bobblehead figure. Yes, and and it's like what is that? Like, and I had long hair then, and I'm like, look, what if, what am I? Like, I saw a picture of it. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't do that. And now when you get older, if you if you get gaunt, like your face droops, so you just look old. Yes. So now it's like I need to hold on to some weight just so my face looks full. It's, what am I talking about? I know what you're talking about. You need fat on your face to stay young. That's yeah. the, that's the double edged sword. Right. So that's you need fat. Right. For a good looking face. I know. Otherwise, it starts to just kind yeah. of slide off. Slide off, and then it loses its definition. Yeah, yeah. Oh. A tooth and a face, not good. Fucking, yeah, so like. I, and bulimia so, doesn't work. What? Bulimia? No. I never I never did that. I never did that. It's, oh, uh, boy. Like, I don't. Like, I just get into the control thing. Like, if I. The thing that I do get. Is if I get into a starvation system and it takes where I'm feeling that weakness and I can really see it working, like I really sort of get off on that being just spaced out like that. All the pictures of me when I was at my skinniest, my mouth is just hanging open because I'm like I'm barely yeah. I'm barely awake. Like oh. every one of them just like. <laughs> I have all I have all my like my parents destroyed most of my anorexic pictures, but sometimes they'll like sometimes they'll be like, Hey, send me some like old photos for my TBT, like for Instagram. I'll yeah. be like, just go through some albums and they'll send me my anorexic pictures, not even knowing that they're the most fucking disturbing things ever. Oh my god. Because they're just they were so in denial, I think that they don't even realize that I was dying in front of them. So they'll send me these pictures of me like at the computer, just like Probably just looking at food. Like I would just look at. Do you, uh, when you're starving, don't you just like want to watch the Food Network or what? I like, used to watch it all the time. Yeah, you just want to see people making and eating food. But and I like I'll, I'll. But I'll do that. I mean, I'll go through periods where I make really good food. And I'll eat meat and I'll do like you know I'll just fucking eat ice cream and shit and I'll think like maybe I'm through it. And then you just hit that point where your pants are and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck did I do? And I'm pinching my my brother used to pinch himself, like pinch like his fat. That, to that, the point where he had bruises. Ooh, no. Yeah, that's where we come from. That's He seems to be doing all right with it, but he gets pretty lanky too sometimes. Yeah. We're, we're all so proud. Like, where I'd go to my brother's house and I just see him like fucking shoveling mouthfuls of like, you know, that like air stuff, like pirate booty or one of those fucking puff things that. Yes. Just like, and like I mean, nonstop. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's like, I don't, I don't, I could just keep doing this. And I'm like, okay, looks great. 
I feel I, like my whole family's like this fucking nuts. It's, it's, it's so nuts. funny. All of my best friends, like my best girlfriends and guy friends all have like eating disorder pass. Even if I don't know that they do, I like seek them out. Mm-hmm. It's so weird how I can like just sense that a person does. And we all eat the same weird food. Yeah. We all like, I'll open What's... their pantry. I'm just like, oh, it's like rice cakes <laughs> and like the same weird, like, you know, like pudding pops yeah. and weird, like 60 the no calorie, calorie puddings. Yeah, right. Because you just want to eat as many things as you can. Yeah. You just when you eat want to eat a lot. When you want to eat a lot. Yeah, keep it going. Because people are always shocked at how much I eat because yeah. I eat huge volumes of yeah. things. Yeah. And but it's all very low caloric because I love to eat. Yeah, I just would like to eat a lot. Right, but low calorie. Yeah, and it's so exciting when you find something like that. Where oh, you, uh, that like it's a, like volume. Yeah, where you're like, <laughs> no, I can just keep doing it. Yes, I am a big froyo addict. Like, mm-hmm. this is literally what. Were Tobin you tasty Max delight? Has... Were you tasty delight person back when that was around? Oh, it's still around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? It was one of the saddest things I had to leave behind in New York besides my therapist and my best friend. Are we going to Tasty? Can we go to Tasty? Yeah. Tasty D. We went there every single night. They would sometimes open the doors if we got there a little late to, like, let us in. They'd be like, we know you. What what size? Large. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a fill. We would go to the fill your own one. They wouldn't even where you just make your own. It's so good. It's air. It's just sugar air. it looks good. It looks good though. It looks it's feels so, good. It's feels so right. good. Feels right. All the fake flavors. Oh man! And they got this stuff here in um, in LA that Uh-oh. I'm really into called like Carbo Light. Oh Have yeah. You tried it? No. I'm sort of out of that. Like I, I get tend it. To, Don't even do it. I've really gotten away from the diet foods. It's that's a great thing. It's terrible. But you're you're okay, right? I'm yeah, I'm good. I, I mean, I feel pretty good. I, I feel like I still have I've all that owned stuff. It now you know, right. I used to be very ashamed of. I have to get froyo every day. It's a big mound of it, and people are always like, "Oh my god!" And I've just now, I'm like, you know what? This is what I do, and you know what? I order pizza without with light cheese, and I know it's weird that I blot it or what. You know, I just own my weird things now. I yeah. I eat huge salads, and I do like. I'm pretty scared of cheese. I don't. I you know yes. I, I'm scared of certain foods, and I never won't like be scared foods. of bread. I'm sorry. I just won't. Yeah. Pasta. I, I, I will I, I, always be scared can't of pasta. Do it. Can't do it. I never do it. I can't, just can't do it. If I do it, I'm like, oh, if I, I I will just be thinking about it the rest of my I, it, week. Like, And I like it, but it I just, sucks. I was. Th- that's some of the stuff that is left over from my mother's training, which I don't think is that horrible. When I look at cheese or butter, all I see is like a brick of fat. That's like literally it's like there's nothing good about that. And yeah. then people are like, but cheese is so yummy. I'm like, it is, but I can't. What do you, how is that good for you? Look at it. Look at it. It's not worth it to me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then like pasta, it's like, you, you know, once or twice a year I'll eat pasta. And, you know, and it's amazing, but it's like, how do people eat this more than once a year? I, know. I do not understand. I know. And bread, I'll never eat a fucking sandwich. If I, you know, I never put, like, I'll have, like, a Ezekiel tortilla or I, maybe pita bread. Yes, I love other things so much more. Why would I? I but, like, if you're in a restaurant, though, here's my problem. If yeah. I'm in a restaurant, I'm, like, and I decide, like, well, I'm going to go ahead and have some bread. Like, if it's upscale, like, it's focaccia or there's three types of bass breads in the basket with totally. olive oil. Okay. I'll just, like, I'll have one piece and I'm, like, I guess I'm doing this. Then <laughs> you're <laughs> all in. Yes. You can't just, like. Right. No One. fucking way. No, you're. It's all or nothing. Ugh. So wait. So what? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this. What? 
people have either like they're they're either all in on this or, or they're, they're all out. out. What's with the? They've either bread basketed <laughs> this or. Well, let's talk about like. Well, <laughs> but but now I'm curious. So how? Because with me, it just really became about you know uh, forcing self acceptance, which I think is what you're saying yeah. you do. Like it's like everyone's got their flaws. We've got our habits, yeah. but you know if if you're healthy and you're aware. You know, you can make better decisions to your, for yourself so you don't get lost in that spiral of that shit. Yeah, I mean, it, I many, just thought I'd never find... Like, I always thought I'd be alone with this forever. I thought, like, I will never be able to have a boyfriend because I will never let anyone see the way I eat or the way I oh, really? live yeah, or yeah, the yeah. fact that I eat in the middle of the night sometimes because yeah. that's all I want to do or yeah. the thing, fact that sometimes I go a week eating the same meal every night, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes that's just the way I live, but now I'm just like, so what? Yeah. It's as weird as anything else anyone yeah. does, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I, so now I'm just like, kind of, and I just think that's just getting older and just being like, it is. Like, fuck. who gives a fuck? But, but just, you just don't want to be uncomfortable. So yeah, as long as you don't, you know, like, is there is a comfort zone that doesn't have to be too skinny or too like? I think what it really comes down to as you get older with this stuff is that like, it, there's nothing wrong with me not wanting to be over 185, and I'm just not going to let it happen. Right, and that's right. that. I'm not weighing myself every day, but if I feel uncomfortable, I'm going to take action. Yes, I'm not going to go all the way down. There's part of me that would fantasize about it, like it'd be pretty sweet to drop ten, even though I don't need to. But that voice is louder now. Like I don't need. I won't look good. Well, for me now, I know that it's not about being fat or skinny. From like, I know that when I feel fat, my therapist has drilled this into me so hard that when I feel fat, when I like look down at myself and I'm like, you're fat, it's because I'm depressed. It has nothing to do with me being fat. Mm. It's I'm depressed. Like, because whether or not I'm fat, it has, it's, it, it's irrelevant. It's that I don't like myself today. Yeah. I'm depressed. And But can you track that to something other than the yes. fat? So, okay, so the fat. So I call her and I say, I'm fat today. And she goes, what's going on? And then we talk about what else is going on. Is it a fight with my boyfriend I had? Is it something at work? Am I feeling unfulfilled right. with my friendships? Something else is going on because it's not fat. It's not, that has nothing to do with but, anything. But that is sort of tracks back to that idea that, you know, it is one of the things like if you start spiraling about that and then you take action, then it's one of these weird obsessive patterns that you can control. It's a control thing. But it's not controlling anything because it's not getting at the root of what's going on. No, no, I get that. Yeah, but it's but like, like it's almost like a spiritual system. Like it, yes. it'll take you out of the feelings or grief exactly. or sadness of what's really it's happening. Something for me to focus and on. Just fo right. And it's and it's. But then it just keeps going back because I'm not even addressing what's really going on. It's so it's so fucked up because. It's and it's so hard for me sometimes to realize what it even is because I'm so good at not at right. avoiding what it is. I've been doing it my whole fucking life. We're comedians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're so really good stupid. at it. We're good at avoiding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But really do, were you able it. to track why it happened initially? Yeah, yeah. I was. It was. It was really hard for me um, to do because I just thought it was like, oh, I just want to be right. look like Jennifer Aniston. Right. Like I just thought that was it. Like I just want to be skinny. Um, and so I, I fought that for a really long time, but then it was like, I went to one therapist who brought my mom in and then she kind of was like, well, what goes on in your house? And she kind of got my mom to admit that she drinks sometimes mm -hmm. and that it kind of gets out of control. And then she was like, well, why don't you, uh, you should, would you ever consider not drinking? And my mom was like, no, I would not. 
And she was like, well, how did how would you ever expect Nikki to stop eating or to start eating? And she was like, that has nothing to do with anything. And she goes, it has everything to do with everything. And she goes, this is bullshit. And she like literally pulled me out of the therapist's office. So I go, there's something there. Maybe those are connected. So I think that it, it was a lot of me um, feeling uh, just not uh not very like loved or feeling very distant from my mom and not very like heard right. and loved right in my so it, life it becomes this up. like twisted way of self-parenting exactly yeah right and just being like getting a t- trying to get attention and being like help yeah me i, I went my, my freshman year of college i went to college and i got down to like 169 and i came home and i was like hi mom look at me am i, I lovable I ha- yet exactly <laughs> i have to sit down <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand up. No, she said to me, I, and I've talked about this before, like within the last decade, she said, I don't think I could love you if you were fat. It's <laughs> a grown man. And I'm like, all right, well, that explains everything. Okay. Oh good enough. It's horrible to have that, the, to have these parents that are so self-involved that they're incapacitated from being selfless enough to parent properly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they don't even... They don't get it. They'll never get it. And that's the thing that was so hard for me to realize is like, I want to confront them and say, you're so selfish. You didn't do anything to help me when I was dying and you didn't even notice. You just thought I was on a diet that was like pretty kick-ass. They literally said, you know, your friends who are calling us and are worried about you and your counselors, they're just jealous. Oh, yeah. They're jealous, Nikki. Then you start to wonder like, do you want me to live? Do you, do you yeah. like, uh, yeah, 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 I know. It's fucking and painful. And so it's just, you know, it, um, yeah. And, and just to experience the fucking, like, you know, to go to that place, which is, you know, which is the truth of it. It's like, how, when will I start, when will I, how do you exercise those emotions? How do you feel the pain of that? Like, you know, I know that I, 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 I haven't done it, really. How how can well some you? people it's go like my terms with that. my brother like goes like he went to an intensive thing and like people go they're like I'm gonna do it and you know you take a week and you have I don't know how what's gonna happen on the other side of that you know yeah I, 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 I you know who knows what you know it, 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 but you know it, it's it's supposed to be a proactive thing like uh, finally I can get rid of that but I'm like what the, the whole fucking house could fall down. I think I did at one point I because I remember my therapist very honestly being like you know she doesn't like pretty much be like she doesn't love you like like right. saying that and i was like there's no way that's true she's my fucking mom you right. know like oh, stuff yeah. like that and being like and fighting it and then kind of accepting it like she she thinks she does but right. like that's not what it is right. and being like right she'll never understand that and i never can make her understand right. what i know to sure. be true and sure. so i kind of went through a morning of the right. loss of my yeah. what i envision what i want my mom to be right and now I've accepted her as a mom. Like, I have no expectations for her right, anymore. Right, So she can't hurt me. Right. And now we have a great relationship. Right. That's, and I, yeah. it, it, I have seen the other side of it. And so now I feel, although I did have to call my therapist on the way here and be like, can I talk about my mom's drinking? She, do you think that'd be okay? What if she hears it? <laughs> and, and she goes, are you, are, do you feel like you're responsible for your mom's drinking somehow? Yeah, and I yeah. go, no, not, of, not at all. She goes, why are you asking me for permission right. to be able to talk about it then? Right. I'm like, you're right. I still do feel... Yeah. Like I caused it somehow, and like or, or I that have you to have be... to protect her. Yeah, that I have to protect her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I I get that, and I get, and I think that's right. I mean, I I think that because I have that same sort of understanding with my parents is that like, well, they're not really parents, or there's these people I grew up with. Yes, and uh, you know, I appreciate them. 
you, you know, but whatever it is that they thought they were doing was, you know, didn't provide me with much self-esteem or sense of self or, yes. or anything. So, you know, I had to cobble that together on my own and I'm older and I, you know, and thank God I achieved a few things to validate something. And, you know, because of that, the rest of it sort of followed. Yeah. So I understand that dynamic. And I don't think that I have to cry for three days in a sweat lodge to to, to, <laughs> to really process that. But, but you there might is, lose some weight. Oh, good point. <laughs> I should sign up for that thing. But uh, but but I but there is a there's a sadness you you have to live with still a little bit. You know, it, it yeah. it's not incapacitating. It's not like you know you can't function because of it. But you, you, there are those moments where you're like, oh yeah, they weren't really that great. I mean, I like them. You know, I talked to him once a week. You know, I talked to my father this morning. It wasn't great. You know, I wasn't. Totally. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't bad because we had problems. But I got off, and I'm like, okay, well, that's that's who that guy is. Yeah. And then when you talk to your mom, you're like, all right, that that wasn't satisfying, but that's who that person is. And you know, then you just kind of, you know, get in your car and go like, I'm fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> You call your therapist and go, I'm fucking fat. And they're like, what's going on? I just got off the phone with my mother. Exactly. Oh, That's okay. it. Yeah. I don't Cycle. do that enough. I don't do that. I, do, I don't do that enough because I have, because I get, like, I can get, um, like, in, like what's replaced my sort of weird, uh, the, the, the body shame stuff, which I don't do as much as I used to, is like, what's the point? That's my new thing. Everything's pointless. Yeah. And then I'm like, what's really going on? Because like I go right to the existential thing now. It's not like I'm fat because that's like somehow or another I can't sell that to myself anymore, which is good. Yeah, but so now if like way. I'm upset about something, instead of really acknowledging initially, I'm like, this fucking, why do I even do anything? Anything. <laughs> I'm there too. <laughs> I, I'm finding death to be very comforting. Like the thought <laughs> that none of it matters. Oh, as long as it happens quickly. And, you know, I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you is are you there with that? Like, are you talking about like none of it matters being like we're all gonna die no, kind of thing? No. Or, like my my, uh, my father does a little bit of uh, you know some people are negative minded, but I think innately I'm not really negative and I'm not even that cynical. Right. And I do I believe that you know people are good and that things can be okay. You know usually. Yeah. Uh, but like what 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 I really get is like more now that like I've achieved a little bit of success in my life is um well what do I really want to do. Like, yeah, is this, did this make, was this the goal? Well, and well, you know, when you do what we I've do. I've reached the goal. Well, when you do what we do, you don't even think about that necessarily, but you do know the difference between a life of, of, of trying to get something and then having it. You know, like you can always have more of it or like, but you know, I've sort of accepted that, you know, my place in show business, I've carved out this little place for me and you know, I'm not going to be Louie. I'm not going to be, you know, like, you know, selling out arenas. I'm not even sure I could handle that. So I'm, I'm getting what I could handle. So I've achieved success and I'm proud of it. But now it's sort of like, there's a part of me that's sort of like, well, we've been trying to get here for 45 years. So now you've got this. What do you have any hobbies? Is there anything you'd like to, you know, what, what, what do you want to do? How do you enjoy life now? Like yes. everything has been about the compulsive struggle to, to, you know, to write the jokes, to, you know, to get some, to, to get make a here. living, to, to sort of get some recognition for what you do. And now I'm here. Then there's a real big part of me that's sort of like, okay, I did it. So now what? There's part of me that does that. Yeah. But thank God I like talking to people. Like some people experience joy. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do you know about that? I feel like I'm gonna. I have a plan for I think joy. I'm gonna, you have a joy plan. Yeah, I'm mm. gonna surround myself. I'm gonna do a, a bird rescue. I like birds a lot. Yeah, I want to do like a 
Yeah? Yeah, I'm going to surround myself with birds. Really? Birds? Yeah. yeah. That's that the only thing that's like I'm excited about getting old is being like an old woman who has like a lot of birds that birds? she talks to. When did that start? Um, when I, I got a bird when I was like really young, fifth grade, and I loved it. Huh. And then I got a parrot after that. And then, uh, ever since then, I just go to bird shops sometimes and just hang out with birds. Cause they're just like hanging out all over the yeah. shop. No, they're no, so I know. Ap- I can appreciate a good parrot. They're so cool. But like, I thought cats were sort of detached and unemotional. A bird, it's sort of like, do you like me? I don't know. They're, they're mean. You're pretty though. And they're so smart and they shouldn't be, you should only rescue birds. Birds are like not supposed to be pets, but right. like there's so many now that, and they live to be like 90. So like, and they're like the closest thing to dinosaurs. They're yeah. Like, you know, I don't pay a lot of attention to them until I'm sort of like, holy shit, look at that bird. They're so fucking smart. Or when you see the flocks of parrots around here sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah I haven't sort of, seen them yet. Everyone but gets I'm very dying. excited. Oh we saw them God. twice on the shoot where, like, you, you hear them and then you're, you look up, you're like, there they are, the holy Pasadena shit. parrots. But there's several different neighborhoods that yeah. claim the parrots. And there's several different mythologies about how they got here. <laughs> when did you start doing comedy? I, um, when I was 19, 18, 19, 19. In college? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you go to college? Uh, first, uh, first year I went to University of Colorado Boulder, and then I transferred to KU for the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. How was that, Kansas? It was all right. It was good. It was good because I got in the comedy scene in uh, Kansas City, well, and that who, was good for me. Wh- who were like, why comedy for you? I mean, what um, what was it that compelled? Because I you? was anorexic and I looked like a skeleton, <laughs> and the only way I could make friends was to be really over the top funny. And you were fr- I was in, like, in high school too? No, in high school I was like, I was just normal and kind of quiet. I had really funny friends, but I wasn't like the funniest one. But, right. in, but in college I went off by myself and I looked really scary. Uh-huh. And literally, I think it, I honestly think the only reason that I was able to have any kind of friends is because like I was just uh, really funny. Because my friends told me later, they were like, looking back at pictures, like you were terrifying. Like you looked like you were But you got up on die. stage. But but you were so funny. We didn't see it. We uh-huh. didn't see it because people would come up to them all the time and be like, "We're scared about Nikki," and they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" But and so then that's when people started telling me like, "You should do comedy." And then there was like some kind of show on campus that I signed up for, and then I did it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then that honestly, it's so it feels like the cheesiest thing, but like that was when I was like, "Oh, I might, I'll probably live now." Like I might tr- just try to start living because I was just gonna starve myself until my heart gave out because I was like. I don't want to live because like I never can eat again because I can't. I just yeah. can't do it. Yeah. Like it seems like food was just like poison. Like I literally couldn't put it in my mouth. And so I was just like, I'm just going to die and wait for that to happen. But then when I was like, oh, comedy is so cool. And I was became like addicted to that more than I was starving. So that that gave me a reason to like, oh, maybe I'll start like trying to like. The immediate not- validation thing. Yeah, just like being obsessed with something new and obsessed with watching Sarah Silverman and wanting to be her or whatever it was that yeah. I wanted to do. Like, yeah. That gave me a new reason to like live, essentially, wow. because I thought I wanted to be an actress, but I was like shitty at it. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I just will kill myself then. And because I can't do that. Was Sarah the inspiration? Yeah, like Sarah and Wendy Liebman, because I didn't know when people started telling me you should be a comic. I didn't know that like women did it really. Like I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't like into Wendy's like a, a a real sort of. Um, trooper i mean she's been doing it for a long time i we started together she was someone i saw early on like i remembered seeing like my dad showing her me like when i was little and then when i just looked up like female comics i saw her and sarah silverman and i was just obsessed and then i was like okay i can do this that's because that's what i want to do they like do it the best of it i've seen it right so then i was like i'll just try to do that and then i did that for several years 
Just, just that because I had never even had sex or anything, but I just started doing like jokes about having sex. And stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and like having abortions. <laughs> just and lying. Stuff. Just being trying like literally talking like Sarah Silverman like I would like talk like this and like be like well I don't even know like I would like do her wow like that's normal yeah you I I I literally I remember Harlan Williams someone told me that Harlan Williams saw me when I was doing a guest set on one of his shows in Kansas City and he said oh she's a low rent Sarah Silverman and I was so hurt but I was like that's right that's what you do. Everyone sounds like someone in the beginning. Yeah, you don't know time. how to do it. I love doing it. When I had an MC a couple weekends ago, and I was watching him, and I go, "I bet I, I'm going to ask him his favorite comic when who? he gets off stage, and he's going to say Rory Scovel." Like, oh, you I know, saw like the you MC. Just, you sure. see the MC, and you go, I'm, "I know who his favorite comic is." You can see it right away. When I was coming up, there was just literally in New York, there was like 20 Atels. Yes. Yes. You know, four Todd Berrys, <laughs> a few Hedbergs. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. see it all the time. Yeah. And oh, so, no. um, yeah, it was just another Sarah Silverman. And uh, when did you when did you feel yourself evolving out of that? When did like so you did how long you been doing it now? Uh, two thousand five, I guess. No, two thousand four. Two thousand three right. was like the first time, but really eleven, in. twelve years. Yeah, eleven, twelve years. Yeah. So like you went through the evolutions. So like when did you start to realize that you were talking? So did. Like, were you able to talk about having sex for the first time on stage? Um, not, I feel like I didn't get comfortable really until like 2008, maybe I kind of- To really talk about your life in a way? Yeah. Uh Because it was just, I got on TV too early and- How early? Like two years in and was Before you were formed. Yeah. What was it? I was just like a one-liner comic, last coming standing. Oh, that's right. You did that. Yeah. And- yeah, it was good, and I was I was good for how long I've been doing it, yeah. and you know it was fine. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it gave me a false sense of like, you know, that I can do it or what. Like I knew no, where it gave I you was. A real was, sense you could do it, but yeah. yes, but it. I moved to L.A. too soon, but it was fine. I, I moved to L.A. right out of college, and then I kind of struggled here for a little bit. Oh, I yeah. got on the Tonight Show, and then I literally moved to St. Louis like the next day. Back, back to home, St. Louis. yeah. So you 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 got the Tonight Show. How many years in? Uh, three years in. Oh my god! And then what happened? Did you just yeah. like is that was was that the next bout of anorexia? No, that came like a year before. Like I got into Montreal, and then I got like I new faces. Ran into, yeah, new faces was in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. I like I like starve myself before that because i was just like nervous and was like this is my chance or whatever yeah and so i i fainted on stage that no. summer just a one-nighter thing yeah. and i drove down there after temping all day and didn't eat and uh and i like probably smoked pot and went running right before it sure get it all done all of it and, and then i got down, down there you went down and i was on stage and in the middle of a joke and i never fainted before like been close but never and it was started just you feel tunnel vision. and i was like guys i think i'm gonna faint and uh were you mc no i was first comic up yeah. and i and you get one meal there like and i was broke so i was like so excited to like eat that one big fucking salad i ordered yeah. and i was waiting for it and they were like can you go up and i was like i want to eat first and they're like can you just go up it'll be your food will be up when you're oh. after you go up and i was like okay uh-huh. and so i go up and i'm like i think i'm gonna faint and i said to this one i go is that weird and she was like yeah and i was like is it and then i just down and I woke up and I thought it was a bad dream that I fainted on stage and I woke up being like, oh, thank God that didn't happen. And I'm holding the mic still up to my face and everyone's around me and I'm just like, oh my God. And I woke up and I ran into the women's bathroom 
there's a huge crowd too. It was a big restaurant. Right. Everyone's dead silent. I run to the restroom and I was sitting in the women's stall, just like, oh my God, like my life is over. Like my career is over. I was just thinking like everything's over for me. This is going to get on online and everyone's yeah. going to know that I'm anorexic and all these things. And then I just got filled with that anger where you're so embarrassed you're angry yeah. and I ran out of the bathroom because there were no no one came in to help me because it was all men helping me and I ran the women's room so I'm in there alone and I'm just angry and I ran out and I into the whole restaurant that was just quiet because they were so stunned I was just like is anyone gonna fucking help me and then I ran into the kitchen <laughs> that'll make it better oh yeah. yeah and just was like give me food and I'm just like grabbing food and just shoving it in my face and crying and it was oh my god it it's was so, so and it was the worst moment of my life and and yeah and then I eventually came out of the kitchen everyone applauded and I'm so embarrassed like just the most because you get you're caught I was caught for being anorexic like everyone knew I was very thin like yeah Busted! I was so humiliating. So I they fainted were, on stage. They were applauding your your that you went eight. Yeah, they probably were. Like that was the main thing. I was just like, "Ugh, you dummy! You you don't have control of your fucking disease." Was what it was. Yeah. And that was when I was like, "I probably should start eating again." And that was right before Montreal. Yeah. And did you eat up there? Not really. Yeah. No, I and the, and I was like. You went up there too early. I made no sort of impact whatsoever. I yeah. remember like I came back from it and an agent was at the improv yeah. who had seen me up there and it was about in front of a bunch of people and he goes, Nikki Glazer, you guys should have seen her in Montreal. She was so drunk. And I thought he was going to be like, she was so amazing. And I was like beaming, yeah. so drunk. And I was like, oh God, uh, I was a mess. Mm. And then I moved back home to St. Louis. After the Tonight Show. Yeah. But and you I was got all the like, How'd you do on the Tonight Show? I did great. Oh, good. I killed. I yeah. did great. They called me day of because Paula Abdul dropped out, yeah. and they I was on the board for like a while. I had been like slated to be on for with a year. Jay. Yeah, with Jay. And then they called me the day of. I was like hungover, and I just showed up like three hours later, and and just did killed it. it. Yeah, it was. Thank God, it was like day of because I would. And then you're like, I'm gonna go home now. And then the next day, I was like, and I just, I thought everything was going to change. Nothing obviously changed. The and day after? The, like, the day after I, like, was, like, thing, like, you know, it was maybe the week later, but, like, like, I why said. Why isn't anyone talking to me? Why are, where, where's my, where the big, uh, where's the celebration? Where's... Yeah, I wasn't so naive to be, like, everyone's going to come calling, but, like, nothing changes, you know, like, nothing. Oh, so it was, like, that was sort of, like, the first went blow to... of show business. I went to Subway the next day, and I remember ordering a sandwich, and the girl looked up and goes, were you on the Tonight Show last night? And I was like, yes. And she was like, I recognize your voice. It's like all horse and shit. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. Oh, thank you. Because I like smoked and drank too much at the time. <laughs> so that was the only time I ever got recognized. Um, uh, and then I moved back then. home for a year and a half. And then I moved to New York. When you went back home, did you fucking get shit under control or what? Kind Were you drinking of, too much? Is that another yes. problem? Yeah. Yeah. And then I moved back home and I, yeah. I was drinking too much there, and I had a blast, but like I, I moved back home, it was just kind of a mess. So you're not eating, you're just boozing, and you're fucking- Yeah, I got fat. And you're smoking. I got fat at home, and then um, and then I moved to New York in 2010, because I was just like, I can't keep staying here. I was, I w like, I became a headliner when I moved back to St. Louis. Like, I was working hard, but I was just a mess. Regionally, like going mm -hmm. to, yeah. Yeah, driving everywhere, so I saved Ohio up money. and- Minneapolis, mm -hmm. Indiana. Go Bananas, mm -hmm. Bloomington, mm -hmm. at all the good places. And then I moved to uh, New York because um, Amy Schumer was like, move here, I'll get you hooked up. She was like Where'd very you hook supportive. up with her? 
we met on MySpace in like 2007. Like I just saw her on there and was like, I love what you're doing. Let's be friends. And she was like, I love what you're doing. And then we became <laughs> friends and we met in Montreal. We were both new faces in 2007 and uh-huh. we like fell in love. Oh. Yeah. And so she was like, move to New York. Like I'll introduce you to who you need to be introduced to. And yeah. she just took me under her wing and she's awesome. Yeah. So I moved to New York uh, for her. And then um, and then I, I got sober like uh, a year and a half later. Like sober, sober, like recovery, yeah. sober. No, just like I read uh, uh-huh. Alan Carr book. <laughs> the, <laughs> the easy one about way to cigarettes. S- well, I read that one f- in two thousand eight, and then I read uh, the the other one in two thousand eleven. There's a booze one. Yeah, the easy way to stop drinking. And that did it. Yeah, it's amazing. Holy shit. You know, Ryan Singer talks about that Alan Carr book. He's given it to me three or four times because eventually he smokes again. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so... Like three or four copies of those. It's so good. It's either that or, uh, or Topa, Topa Max. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm serious. Life is good. I, okay. like, don't need Froyo all the time. I just get it, like, when I want. Wow. Is that the only thing you're on? Mm-mm. Zoloft, Wellbutrin, Topa Max, bam. Mm-hmm. That's the cocktail. And then melatonin. To sleep. To sleep. Oh, you're all set. Good all for you. You figured set. it all out. You're all happy. Set. <laughs> <laughs> Although I always forget to renew my prescription. And so. Do you feel a difference? Of which one? All of them. I always forget. Like this weekend, I have to go without any of them. And so mm. I'm going to be off in like two mm. weeks. I'm going to have a real. Should have interviewed you on Monday. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. I was so depressed this week. I was off. Ugh. You were off this week? Oh, big time. I had a big depressed week. Mm. Bad. A lot of 10 I had to go home calls work. to this. Yes. Yes. I I was it was terrible. I usually don't have I don't get depressed anymore like those low low ones where I want to like lie in bed and just think about yeah, I don't dying. Get that. Yeah. I'd never have them anymore. I used to get them all the time, but I had them this week twice. And they usually last like days, but these only lasted five hours. Mm-hmm. And But I just couldn't. I had to leave work, which I never have to do, but uh-huh. I had to like go home. It was bad. Mm. But um, So why are you so chipper today? Um, I don't know. I think because I, um, no I got back on. Yet? Oh, you got back I got on. back on the medicine, oh. but I think it's also because, um, I don't know. I just I think I'm fighting it. Because I got overcompensated. There was two days of it, and I just was like, I can't have that happen again. It's so miserable. Not during shooting, anyways. And especially not during this podcast. I was like, Oh, this one? Someone reminded me on Tuesday when I was depressed, like, you have to do WTF on Friday. I was like, Not this week. Like, I can't be in this state of mind going into that. I hope I gave you some incentive to chip her up. You did. <laughs> Even though we came in here and just talked about my food issues, my food issues and yours. Yeah, it wouldn't have been right for you. No, just it's to really talk about good it. that you um, are able to talk about that too, because it's it's nice that you because you're right. Not a lot of men talk yeah. about it, but yeah. all men have it too, especially yeah. in L.A. I know. It's I know. so funny oh, how yeah. every guy in L.A. has a scale in their bathroom. In no other city will you find that. How how'd you figure that out? Just dating men in L.A. when I used to live here. <laughs> How long have you been with your boyfriend? Uh, three years. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And he's working on the show. Uh-huh. We, so we you had that show, show on MTV for a while, right? Yeah. Two seasons. Nikki and Sarah Live. With Sarah Schaefer? Yeah. Yeah. I like her. Yeah, she's great. And that went good for you? I mean- mm-hmm. It was good. They just didn't like- uh, Yeah. It just ended. And, this, uh, and what's the birth of this new one? 
This one came out of me. Um, my boyfriend and I met on Nikki and Sarah Live. He was a producer. And then we were um, still dating. And then he was like, what's your next show? Comedy Central was interested in working with me. And we came up with this idea because uh, he was like, well, you're like the biggest perv I've ever met. So we should probably do something with that. And I was like, you're right. Like, I, I like talking about sex. And that's. What kind of perv are you? Like, I just like. I'm into like dirty, weird stuff. Like I like talking about dirty stuff. I just like mm-hmm. hearing about people's sex lives. I'm yeah. not grossed out by anything. Yeah. And I'm just interested. So uh-huh. like uh, it's all under the guise of me being like a curious perv. Right. But are you more the uh, curator or do you get yourself into weirdness? I get myself into a lot of weirdness. We, uh, I've been to like a foot fetish party. I've... Um, I helped guys improve their dick pics and I ended up having to like put like handle their dicks and put them into these dioramas mm-hmm. that we made. Mm-hmm. And so I had to touch a lot of dicks. And your boyfriend's like, yeah, just touch the dick. Yeah. Like <laughs> he really was like. Into it? You did what? Like, oh. but he, yeah, but he's, he's fine with it. I, um, we were, we talked about, my boyfriend and I have always like talked about opening up our relationship because I like to hear stories of him like being with other women like I've always liked to hear about his past I just it turns me on and so but he's out of stories so I was like you need to go make some new ones so I interviewed girls to fuck my boyfriend yeah on the show so we did that and then did he fuck one no we didn't land on a good one like I almost don't want it to be someone I pick I just want him to like go do it and then have me find out about it like Uh I almost wanted and I almost wanted to be maybe someone he's already hooked up with something like that um like he almost did it once he made out with a girl once when I told him to, which yeah. was uh, testing it, and in I loved it. In front of you? No, he was on. A, he was at a bachelor party weekend, oh, and you loved hearing about it. Loved it, huh? Yeah, because everyone's like, "Are you really gonna love it?" And I was like, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> I fucking loved it. I not, yeah, I I like that. So, um, and then also, yeah, and then this week, um, the weird. Does he want thing, you to fuck somebody? No, no, right. it's not a two way street, right? <laughs> and you don't want to. You know, I would. Of course I want to fuck other people. Like, I'm not... <laughs> I still, like, have desires. But, um, no, I... I. But this is something that I want. So right. it's... it's Yeah. So it how long... Out. But, like, at what point does that show... Be, where's your line? Um, There have been things that I've been uncomfortable with. Like, he wants to... We want to put his parents on a lie detector. Because I've done my parents on a lie detector and asked them questions about their sex life. Uh-huh. And I've had my guy friends on the lie detector and asked them if they want to fuck me and done stuff like that. And now they're like, let's have Chris's parents on it. And you ask them if you're a good enough girl for him. And I'm like, that makes me uncomfortable because I don't right. want to, I want to have relationships with these people ultimately. So that's make like, there's certain lines. Right. But like, I, it's I an emotional to... line. It's not a sexual line. It's interesting. Yes. And let's talk about this therapist. So this sounds unhealthy to me. <laughs> yeah. Donna. Yeah. Donna. Um, now, <laughs> do, do you like have lunch with Donna and stuff? No. Okay. No. So still, there's boundaries, professional boundaries. Sure. Yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't see anything that I do. Like she doesn't watch my stand up. Are she doesn't you know sure? Anything. She's. I'm positive. She doesn't care. So what would cause you to want to break up with her? And... Because all my friends told me I should. Because they're, why? Because she'll tell me things like, "You're not a beauty." Uh huh. You're not beautiful. You're not a model. So who cares what you look like? Right. She's 80. She's 80. Mm Mm-hmm. She's an old Jewish 80-year-old woman 
who's like, you're not, you're not beautiful. Are you you're, Jewish? You're okay looking. No. Uh-huh. So like, I'll be like, you know, I, I talk about like, I'm worried about this thing I'm taping this weekend. I have to find a dress for it. Why are you wearing a dress? Yeah. Why don't you just wear what you normally wear? Because I want to look nice for it. Why do you want to look nice? You're not a beauty. You're a comedian. And I'll be like, because I want to look pretty. But you're not pretty. <laughs> She'll say that stuff to me. And I go, Donna, you can't say these things to me. And she goes, well, you need to get it through your head. You're not a model. What is this? And I'll start weeping. Stuff like that. <laughs> Where's that show? <laughs> no shit, right? I've asked her to be on my show. And she goes, "I'm no, I'm terrible on camera. I would never do get that. Get her on the fucking phone. She's amazing. She is so you funny. You can't get her on the phone. She, yeah, she. You got to set here. up a situation that, like, you know, might be like delicate you know, for the show, and then call her to ask her what she thinks. You're not funny. <laughs> I'm funny. You're the least funny client I have. I'll tell you, you're Has not she funny said at that? all. Yeah, you're not funny. Oh, no. I I can't even believe you're a comedian. You're not funny. I'll tell you who's funny. I'm funny. Ugh. I have other. She. So I send my boyfriend's brother to her. And uh, she, he's even told me that she's asked him, is Nikki funny? Like, I haven't seen her stand up. Is she funny? Because she's not funny in here. I go, because I'm not, what am I, I'm not trying to be funny in here. I'm very serious in here. I guess here. this is the kind of mother you need. No shit. Who's like, you know, honestly going to do this. I, I, it doesn't sound great, but I can understand why you she's like it. She's tough. I love it. I love it. She's just like, she's mean. She's mean to me. Don't you see a connection between her treating you like that and you wanting to hear about your boyfriend fucking other women? And yes. So you're like this weird, this is weird submissive thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like being told um, what to do. Like she'll give me like, she'll be like, now you're going to do this. If I need to write like an email to someone, she's like, take out your phone. I'll tell you what to write. And I'll just write it. Like she tells me what to do. And I love it. I hate like these like. I would suggest you do that. Like, just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. And that's like the worst thing that a therapist can do, I think, <laughs> is to like just tell you how to live your life. But like, I, yeah, I love her. I'm, I, if I have a daughter, I'm going to name her Donna. Like, I'm going to name my daughter after my therapist. And you're going to ask your, Don, your daughter to yell at you. Yes. Please. Tell me, tell me mommy's ugly. Say how ugly mommy is. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. Uh, she goes, I, I'm very thin. And I just, I, if I overeat one day, I don't eat the next day. She has like no concept of like what to say to an anorexic girl. I'm, I'm not even kidding. This woman is so expensive. Hmm. She's the, it's insane what I pay for this lady. It's, okay. but she's. Okay, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Amy once told me, she was like, she goes, I go, Amy, I can't stop seeing her. This is years and years ago. She goes, I go, Amy, I can't stop seeing her. I owe her so much money. And she goes, Nikki, I will pay whatever you owe her right now for you to stop seeing her. It was like 20 grand or something. She was like, I will write a check right now. Amy almost came in one time with me to see her because she hated Donna so much. She was like, I want to go in. And Donna was like, send her in with me. Come on, bring her in. And it just didn't work out with schedule. That's how much Amy was like, I don't like this woman. And Donna is always like, I saw Amy. I read Amy's article. In the New York Times. And you know what? I, I don't agree with what she said. Like, we're always talking about, like, what Amy said. Because she knows that Amy hates her. <laughs> you love this. <laughs> it's just so... Like, I just love... She just makes my life more interesting. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I just do things for the story. Mm-hmm. That you doesn't know? sound like what's happening. It do, She does... The thing is, she... 
provides me with a lot of guidance. Like, I, I don't know what I'd, I'd panic without her. Like, she's the first person I call when something bad happens. And I'm like, I need to know what's the right thing to do. And she's just because she's, she's so straightforward and, and yes. a little abusive. There's an honesty to it. Yes. That, that you react to. I just think she's right. I just think she's right. Yeah. She convinces me she is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, as long, I mean. as long as you, do you ever, does she, you know, make you cry and ruin your day? Only once. And I, it was very early on. Okay. And I, I think it was because I knew she was right and I just wasn't ready to accept it. It's an interesting. Um... I think I just lived with so much uncertainty growing uncertainty sure. growing up. My my mom would be like, well, "I don't know what you should do next." Yeah, I hate that. I have that too. Well, yeah. you know. Do you want me to say no? Did you ever get that one? Yes. It's the worst. Yes, yes. Or you know, Nick, you could do either one. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you go, you could. It could be really fun, but also if you don't, like, there's yeah, always like, right. I, I just want people to make decisions yeah. for me. Right. I'm very bad at making decisions, so it's very nice to to learn how to from an old. Yeah, I I had that too, and like I I don't like the way it manifests in me though is just anxiety. So I get like the the the, the fact that I have a house and everything was only because you know a a woman pushed me to do it. But like now I have to like like it's falling apart, and I need to do something, and I just I get exhausted. Just like I just got to call the guy to come trim the tree. When's that going to (sighs) happen? Yes, and it's because of that because like I I get overwhelmed with the anxiety of just being decisive and then if i do make a decision as soon as i do it i'm like that's the fucking wrong decision god damn it what's what's donna's number exactly (laughs) i want everyone to see her i've I've turned so many people onto her and it's working for people it really is a lot of comics all right. Well, it was good talking to you. It was great talking to you mark thank you for having me was this exciting and new and and do i do do we have a nice chat we i think we did we did we did. Did you just ask me if we did? I did, but I'm telling you now. Okay, good. We had good. a nice chat. Thanks. And I, feel, I really feel like the urge to tell you to do something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, we did. <laughs> what should I go do? Thanks, All Nikki. Right. Thank you, Mark. All right, so that was um, that was fun. I like her. I like Nikki Glazer. So, uh, yeah, watch the season finale of her Comedy Central show, Not Safe with Nikki Glaser. That's tomorrow. All right, so what do we have to look forward to on uh, on Thursday? A lot. We're going to find out what happened for real in Nebraska. Am I going to fucking play guitar? I can. Hold on. I always ask you about the guitar like you're expecting it. <laughs>